You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. All right, if you got your Bibles, turn to ex, uh, Exodus 19, and I'll be there in a minute. But first, let me start off before we get started is... Um, I, I understand and I know the scripture that s- salvation is free. It is a free gift from God, lest any man should boast. I, I got it. I got it. But there's been a misconception that we just sit and do nothing. Okay? And so before we even get started and get down the road with this message... I understand salvation is a free gift. There's nothing you can do or have done for God to offer you this free gift. But what we're going to talk about today is, is the result. And it's the result of God's grace and his mercy that is taking us to get what we don't deserve and mercy keeping us from getting what we do deserve And there is a result in that. It's not just that we sit down, say a prayer, wait to go to heaven, and then we do nothing else with our life. Come on. There is a result of going and following Christ. The problem is, is that we fail at following Jesus when we don't have the correct view of God and understand that when we come to Jesus, there is a process and a purpose to our time here on this earth. Does that make sense? And so in Genesis 50, Joseph said to his brothers, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. See, most people are living in their what. They just don't know why. Most people get hung up in what and they never realize they have a why. And that's what people are always looking for is their why. Your why, when you come to Christ, is so that there will be a result. Come on. God didn't just save you for no reason at all. God didn't just send his son to die on that cross for no reason at all. There is a reason here on this earth. Why would Jesus say, pray like this? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He starts off with praise. And then he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why would he throw in earth if he didn't want us to do something here? Come on. And so right here, God's forethought and ultimate goal is to preserve life. 
That's what he wants to do. Preserve life and advance his kingdom. And in the process of that, he is working on your character. Come on. Sin is what? Missing the mark, right? So what God is trying to do is, is he's trying to get us to hit the mark of what he has for our life. That's why what you do is not as important as why you're doing it. See, you're constantly always trying to hit the mark because God has an awesome life and an awesome character and just to be able to bless us. God's intent for us is good. Come on. See, when you read and view the Bible through the lens of God is a father. God is a farmer. God's not this ogre up there waiting to whack you on the head when you mess up. That's not God. God is a farmer and a father, and he is consistently committed to cultivating and working in his field for harvest. He's committed to it, even when we're not. Come on. Sometimes we aren't as committed to our growth and our character in him as he is for us. That's why grace and mercy is there. Come on. Therefore, we can reach our why. And we have to have the correct view that God works tirelessly for his house. See, his intentions are good. And they are always favorable for those who love him. Isn't that what Romans says? For those who love him to preserve life. See, when you start to study the word of God, what you see throughout the whole Bible is that God is after a result. He is after produce. He is after a product. Come on, that's why he saved you. Because God knows how he designed you. Oh man, somebody's got to get a hold of this. God knows how he designed you. In his image, in his likeness. It's the devil that comes and perverts that image and likeness. So God is committed to getting us back to the image and likeness of how he created us. Because there is a result when that happens. And it preserves life. Come on. See, God is not just up there rolling the dice going, man, I hope this works out. Huh? See, we, we, we sometimes act like God's just hands off and, and just up there floating on clouds. No, God's not. He's not just wringing his hands hoping this all turns out. No, he, that's not God. God's in perfect control. Everything matters in the word of God. When you start studying the word of God, and you start really reading and studying the word of God, what you find out is everything matters. Names matter. Events matter. Towns matter. 
Every little thing, where they're at, what's going on, the where, the what, the whys, the events that take place, our response to those, everything in this Bible matters. Nothing in this Bible does not matter. So when you read this Bible, it is for our example of how to live and not to live, right? So in Exodus, we look in 19, verse 4. It says, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice, you, you know the biggest word in the Bible has only two letters? If. If. That word if has gotten us to where we're at today where there's a lack of faith and a lack of power in the body of Christ. That word if. Because what he says, he says, now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my... See, and that's the wrong view of grace is that you could just live any old way and expect God's presence to just move in your midst. That's not grace. Grace is taking you to get what you don't deserve. Mercy keeps us from getting. And in the midst of that, our character is being formed. Come on. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, keep my covenant. See, God is a covenant God. We are a covenant people. That's why when giants and obstacles and mountains come in your way, you stand there just like David did. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this devil that does not have a covenant? And I have a covenant with almighty God. He says, didn't I bring you out with a mighty right hand? See, we've gotten to the point where it's easy to break covenant. See, God, that's why God said in the New Testament, uh, even when you're not faithful, I'm still faithful. Come on. God cannot be faithful. He just can't. Just because he is. And he's faithful to his covenant. And that's why grace and mercy helps us walk this thing out till we learn how to keep covenant. Come on, man. Look what he says. If you will indeed obey my voice, keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, and these are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. Now, listen to me. They have come three months. They are at a point where they have come out of Egypt and they seen God's mighty hand deliver them out of Egypt. They seen 10 plagues. They, they seen all of Egypt just give them all the gold, jewelry, cattle, 
pigs, or probably not pigs, but sheep, goats, ducks. Well, I mean, they, listen, Egypt was so ready to get rid of them. They just gave them everything and said, get out. And then when they were leaving to get out, Pharaoh gets mad, follows them again. God's leading them to a dead end. They get to a dead end. Then God begins to protect them with a pillar of fire. And then he parts the Red Sea. So they get out of the Red Sea. They come to the other side. Everything's hunky-dory right up until they get thirsty. Right up until they get hungry. Right up until they have to fight. Come on, so far that they've come out of Egypt. They've, had, they've been thirsty. They've been hungry. They've griped, complained. They've gotten a fight. They've watched the sun stop until Joshua won the battle. Come on. And God says, you tell them this and speak it to them. They're my people. Everything is mine. See, God proved to them for three months, everything belongs to him. And then he says, now, if you'll do what I say, you're mine too. Come on. You know what your mentality ought to be? Bring it on, life. Come on, life. Come on, school. Come on, college. Come on, career. Bring it on. Come on, relationship. Bring it on. I am God's. I belong to him. Come on, business. It belong. Come on, it all belongs to me because I'm a royal priesthood. When he said, I want you, you will be a kingdom of priests. You will be a holy nation. Listen, God doesn't just say words that he doesn't mean. When he says, I want you to be a kingdom of priests, he says, I want y'all to be a royal people who rule physically and spiritually here on earth. That's why Jesus backed up what God said to repeat and remember over and over, you are a royal priesthood. Peter got it. He said, you're a peculiar people a royal priesthood, a holy nation chosen by God. Come on. How does one woman take prayer out of school? Come on. How do we live in a society where confusion reigns rampant? Where does confusion come from? Now, you don't have to believe me or not. I'm just, I'm repeating what the Bible says. These aren't my opinions. These aren't my, this is what the word says. Where does confusion come from? The devil. See, everybody knows that scripture. Then why do we have so many gender confused people? Come on. No guilt, no condemnation. I'm just trying to break this down common sense. There shouldn't be any confusion. But when the devil is allowed to use one woman to take prayer out of school, everything else is just going to follow. Come on, because the church just sits back and doesn't think that they're a royal priesthood or a holy nation. Come on. A people for God's own possession. 
We are a people for God's own possession. You see God's intent and idea right off the bat. You see it right off the bat. There's, there's, no, there's no him hauling around about it. It's right there. And a lot's happened in three months to get them to this point right here. God can do work situations. Listen, God established his Passover lamb, his feast of unleavened bread. God established, started establishing a holy people who were set aside. Come on. All the plagues, when you read about the plagues, there was always a distinction between God's people and Egypt. When God calls, this is what I would have liked to have seen, is when God calls darkness to come over all the land. Man, they couldn't see their hand in front of their face. But in the land of Goshen where all of God's people were, no problem. No problem. When everybody was suffering from the frogs and the grasshoppers and the blood in the water, nothing, God's people. Come on. When the firstborn, when the firstborn started dying, come on, God separated his people. He said, you put this blood from the Passover lamb. Listen, everything matters. God was always pointing to a result down the road, us. Come on. And he then told them, remember this day. In other words, don't forget it. And then what I like what he says is, he says, remember this and repeat it to your children. See, God wants to preserve life. It is our job as individuals when we sit around our dinner table to begin to recite to, man, God's good. See, how have we gotten to the point to where the Bible just seems like a bunch of fairy tales? Listen, this is the absolute truth. And if you don't have a biblical worldview, if you don't view this as absolute truth, it's hard to get the right perspective on who you are and how God created you, how he designed you, what he has for you. Jesus said, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Come on, that goes right back to Exodus. You'd be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, set aside. Speak this Speak this. Why is it important that we speak it? Because the devil's always trying to tell us otherwise. The devil's always trying to tell you, you ain't gonna make it. You're not worth nothing. You're gonna have to settle for the way you are. You're gonna have, come on, are y'all hearing me? The devil always wants you to settle that you're a sorry sucker. You gotta repeat you belong to God. Listen, we remind our kids of why. Now, 
you can, you can do whatever you want. You can make the holidays about a fat man in a red suit or a big giant bunny rabbit that lays eggs. That's fine with you. You could do whatever you want to do. But let me tell you why we celebrate it because it's the birth of Jesus Christ. Come on. And we celebrate because the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why we do that. It ain't about a bunny and it ain't about a guy in a red suit. See, the enemy took something and perverted it. Come on. The devil's always going to pervert that. St. Nick was probably a very good man who's seen a need and, and was fulfilling it. Then the devil perverted it. Come on. Listen, God's leading us. Whatever the world has to offer, bring it on. Why? Because we can win this. I think the next generation is going to be probably one of the greatest generations because we finally woke up to the fact we've been doing things wrong in the body. And I think as we begin to get things right and shift, just like Moses told Joshua, said, you come here, Joshua. Oh, man, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Deuteronomy 31, just turn there. Look what he says. Verse 5. And the Lord will deliver them up before you, and you shall do to them according to all the commandments which I have commanded you. Look at verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Then Moses called to Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous. For you shall go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. And you shall give it to them as an inheritance. Listen, I'm telling you the next generation, for those of us who are willing to understand and view this gospel the way God said, is going to pass on to the next generation. Be strong and courageous because this country is yours. This country belongs, God founded this country on biblical, come on, our very constitution has the word of God written in it. It took three weeks for them to get a constitution because when they started, they couldn't all agree. And then all of a sudden, the, one of them stood up and said, we need to pray and fast. And so they just stood, stepped back and they began to pray and they began to fast. And the next thing you know, we have a constitution that's lasted 240, what, 240, 50 years? No other nation on the planet comes close to the United States, we the people. Come on. In God whom we trust. Not the God, of, it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's very important. It's not some other God or some all these. No, it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Very important because that's where your covenant comes from. 
It's not just some God. Oh, we just pray to whatever God. No. You pray to God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, because it is out of that lineage comes your covenant. Oh, man. Moses said, you bring Joshua here. Moses looks at him and says, you be strong and you be courageous. Although that generation couldn't accept that God was mighty and brought them out, not so with you. You're fixing to take their children into the promise as an inheritance. Come on. See, God's after result. I want my kids to take, come on, and possess. I want to get it right so I can look at my kids and say, be strong and be courageous. You're going to, you have an inheritance. Come on. See, it's the first part of this verse that God's trying to establish in us. Be strong and courageous. When you're faced with adversity, we're always going to be faced with adversity. Doesn't matter. See, we have to make the right choice, though, to walk in the blessings, not in the curse. Come on. 1 Peter 4. It says, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing has happened to you. Now, you know what surprises me about this verse is that when the fiery ordeal comes among us, how surprised most Christians are when we've been told, don't be surprised. <laughs> right? Right? We always get surprised. But when you come up under a guilt and condemnation preaching that you're all a bunch of sinners, y'all got to get saved, y'all got to say this prayer. If you don't say this prayer, you ain't going to heaven. And when you come up underneath that kind of teaching, God is a mean God. God is out to get you. When all it is is about the end times, this old sinful world, come on. See, once you understand that there's a process that we go through in renewing our minds to God's way of doing things, then you're not surprised at the fiery ordeal and you ask yourself two questions. Here's the two most important questions that you wake up and you ask yourself every day. Is this an obedience test or is this a faith test? Do I need to repent? Come on. Or do I need to stand in faith? Do I need to pick up five smooth stones and prepare? Or do I need to repent? Come on, them two questions right there will change your life. Because we're all going to be faced with adversity. We're all going to be faced, come on, with a, with a giant at us. We're all going to be faced with some kind of obstacle. Is this a faith test or is this an obedience test? Do I need to stand and fight 
or do I need to repent and obey and get back in right alignment? Come on. See, biblical history has been so left out of our messages. We need to get back to remembering what God did, how he brings his people out, what he wants for them, how he sees you. See, when you recite God's commandments and statutes, you understand that he sees you with utmost favor and that he is for you. Speak this in their hearing that I brought them out by a mighty hand. Everything on this earth is mine and I'm putting you in charge of it. Come on. See, we're even starting to lose an older generation now of believers. to tolerance and compromise. We're starting to lose an older generation because of tolerance and compromise. Because what they're trying to do is, is they're trying to save their dying churches. I cannot tell you how many conversations that I have constantly of churches that the congregation is just dying. They're not adding any numbers. It is alarming how many churches are dying and what they're having to do to try to get people to come. Come on. See, we need to stop blaming the world for the church's lack of faith and knowledge. That's what we do. Oh, we're in the end times. Antichrist is coming. Oh, it's all going to hell. And we're blaming the world, but it was our lack of knowledge and lack of faith. Come on. That's got us to this point. John 15. John 15, verse 8. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I've also loved you. Abide in my love. Here's that word again. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy, look at this. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full see the reason that we abide in the vine is for a result that God's glorified 
See, he wants us to bear much fruit. He doesn't want us to become Christians and then get meaner and uglier as we get old. Come on. He wants us. Listen, God is not after a consumer mentality in the church. That's what we've done. We've made church a consumer mentality where we come into church and we just consume whatever the preacher and the praise and worship team does. God wants contributors. God wants people that come in and contribute something to the body of Christ. God wants people that come in and encourage. God wants encouragers. Oh, well, I'm just barely getting by. Oh, God. God wants engagers, not just watchers. God wants people to engage, not just to sit back and watch. There's nothing that'll change your life more than touching ministry. That's why I always encourage people, come go to the uh, orphanage with us. It will literally change your life. And what really will change your life is when you go back the next time and you remember that one kid's name and that kid can't believe you remembered their name. Come on, now we're talking about Christianity now. Now we're talking about bringing thy kingdom. Come on. It'll change your life. Totally. See, we need to be givers. We need to be the ones who sacrifice. See, we have to renew our mind to God's way of doing things, not man's, when it comes to his kingdom. See, God is after results. And the result is to preserve life to pass that on to the next generation. See, there is a natural result of God's grace at work in our lives that preserves life and brings joy. Come on, did you catch that? There's a natural result. When we have the right view of grace, the right view of mercy, when we have the right view of it, then there is a natural result that brings and preserves life to the next generation and joy to us. Come on, does that make sense? Y'all stand with me. might be in here this morning and you say, you know, I have never heard anything like this. I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to check this out. Look, I'll give you my notes. But I'm telling you, there's nothing in the Bible 
that God did by accident because God wanted a result. God wants a product. God wants a harvest. That's why he said, beseech the Lord of the harvest because the laborers are few. Let me tell you, Jesus was looking into our day going, man, we need more folks in there. We need more laborers. Everybody wants to just consume, but nobody wants to contribute. Come on. I'm talking about our lives here. I'm talking about our lives. Being obedient. Standing in faith. That's what I'm talking about. Even in the midst of adversities. And letting God change our character. Sticking it out through the misunderstandings. Sticking it out through the being offended. Sticking it out through, come on. Because you can go to any church on this planet and that pastor is going to offend you at some point. Trust me, I've offended plenty of people. But let me tell you, it's not my opinion. It's the Word of God. And you can see all throughout the Word that God's best intentions are for you when we get it and view Him as a Father who loves us and is committed to us. There's nothing my kids could do that would make me not love them. Absolutely nothing. And I still love them and I still want the best for them. And I still want to always set them up for success. Always. And so I find myself at their age now mentoring them in the word, through the word. Well, here's what the word says. You're blessed. I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care what the news says. I don't care what the economy's doing. I don't care if they're hollering inflation. I don't care what the price of oil is. I don't care if the gas is $5 a gallon. We're still going to do what we do. Because God's called us. See, that's when you understand your why, then you just go about your what. Come on, I, I'm telling you, I pull up to the gas pump, I don't even look at the price. I'm, I'm just telling you, I don't drive around town wasting three gallons trying to find the cheapest one cent gallon. That's not my, I, just, I need gas, I pull in. Because the gas price doesn't stop me from doing what God's called me to do. Inflation doesn't stop me from doing what God's called me to do. Come on, are y'all with me? Why? Because I'm a child of the Most High God and He loves me. He's for me. He will not forsake me. And I repeat, let me tell you, I can't tell you how many times that it sometimes that ranch will be, it'll drain you. It's 24-7. It's constant. It's always something. But you know what? You know what happens? Is when somebody new comes and I start at the sign and I start showing them what God's done. 
to get us to this point. I began to remember all that God's done. I remember all the certain things that God put and it just fires and stokes my coals to go. Come on. And then I look and I see what all God's done. It stokes my coals. And we've only scratched the surface of what God's going to do here. Come on, are y'all hearing me? I feel like I need to say this. I wrote this down and everything that he said just keeps hitting on it. And it's so important that we get the part about he kept bringing them out of a slave mentality. Because when the enemy keeps you down in a slave mentality, it's hard to come to the throne room of God with boldness. And so you have to be able to speak to your mountain and to your giant with boldness. And if he keeps you under the slave mentality of you're never going to get out of this, your husband is never going to change. I'm never going to have enough. I'm never going to be free from anxiety. When you keep having this slave mentality and you don't rear up on your faith and go, you know what? I have the mind of Christ and I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. But when you stay under the, the lifestyle, the mentality of being condemned, you're never going to be able to come to the throne of God and speak boldly to your giant. And so we've got to learn that this is basic, fundamental, but I'm just telling you, he's not looking for, for perfection. He is looking for repentance. And we always had to stay in right alignment, not just because we wanted our prayers, but we wanted to kill giants that our kids would never have to kill. And so when you get this and you go, okay, there's some stuff out of alignment, you've got to repent. The Word of God is the only thing that's ever going to change us. Incarceration will never change you. Only the Word of God, by the renewing of your mind, is ever going to change you. And you go, I am a child of God. I can come boldly because of what He did. I want you to get this and not live under shame and guilt and condemnation because everything that He says that we've walked these people through has been spoken out of our mouth. And you need to get that. You need to be able to speak with boldness what God has for you. Don't settle back and let the enemy run roughshod over you and not be able to speak boldly to your giants, not speak boldly to your mountains because he has so much more for you. Speak to those dry bones. And everything, that I, and when he says that, we can look back and I can remember on my face, on my face, God, if you don't show up, we're never getting electricity out here. The energy guy came back, half the price. I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. And I want to encourage you this morning that whatever alignment you've got to get back into, get in it. Start speaking to your giants. And it's just like David said, you can't come boldly to the throne of God. You have a covenant with Almighty God. You have to pull that thing like, I don't know what a big gun is, but use it. Because we have that. And be encouraged this morning. You have to speak the word of God. It ain't just for me and him. 
God has so much more for you. He has so much more. Because when you're caught up in your why, in your what, the, uh, the effects of all the things around us affect our what, but it should never affect our why. Not only is she hot, she's got the word. Woo. My goodness. That's it. Listen, we've just had to live it. We've just had to live it. Because there wasn't nothing else for us. I'll just tell you, we had no other way to go except to follow him, to follow him. Lord, we come to you with grateful, thankful hearts that you loved us so constantly and are committed to us for our good welfare, for our peace and for our joy, no matter what the situation circumstances. And Lord Jesus, that's why we follow you. That's why we believe in you. That's why we worship you. That's why we come. It's because of you, how you changed our life. And Father, we can't thank you enough. And going into this holiday season of the time of birth of Jesus Christ, to remember you, we celebrate that and we thank you and we praise you for all that you're doing in Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.